60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network, this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The college football season may be over, but we're not. We're back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here. We have a lot to talk about specifically with the NFL franchise located in the great state of Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans, they made it official. They lost their final seven games of the season. They're not in the playoffs. And there's plenty of post-mortem to discuss on this week's edition of the Tennessee Power Hour. Huge thanks to our presenting sponsor, Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. We love the Nelson's brothers. We love their product. Go grab some as you start the new year. Forget about dry January. Enjoy you some Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey on us at the Tennessee Power Hour. Hutton, where to begin? Where to begin with this Titans team? Um, The collapse is complete. Changes have been happening. Do you think even more changes are coming and coming soon with this Titans team? Change is going to happen. Absolutely, it's coming, uh, Chad. We've got the we've got a, a full off season ahead where it's to me never been more uncertain on how they're going to tweak things, maybe completely change the direction of some positions. And it started with the coaches and and, and the staff moves that they made late Monday afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, and, and consider like you, you mentioned. It, Seven straight games, the season's complete. We're going to have plenty of topics and discussion as like a post-mortem, but it doesn't feel like a funeral service of shows, right? Where it's like, man, what a collapse. And it was, but it's more, it's odd. I, I got the sense that fans are more or less relieved. They don't have to watch this awful team yeah. play, but it really, in a weird way, it wasn't awful. It's just awful in spurts. And it always came in the second half. It's, I didn't think the first half in Jacksonville was terrible. But if you look at the result and the the relief, quote-unquote, by the fan base, it is a bit odd. You would have thought that they were TCU uh, against Georgia. Yeah, it's um, – I'm with you. The sense from the fan base was much more, to me, anger over Jacksonville arrival arriving. Yeah. Yes. yes. It, was a, it was, I thought, a pretty clear passing of the torch – with the two performances against Jacksonville this year, the collapse at home where the Titans were awful in that game and should have won but but couldn't get pulled together. And then that atmosphere, which was a playoff atmosphere on the road Saturday night in Jacksonville, and then winning the division that way, that was the sadness with the fan base. There wasn't a lot of sadness about this season ending because no. the thought was, I mean, they're going to win, and even if they win, then they're going to lose the next game. Even if they found a way to win as a touchdown underdog, almost a touchdown underdog, I should say, they were going to lose the next week in the playoffs, and no one wanted to watch this offense anymore. And a big reason no one wanted to watch the offense, Hutton, is Todd Downing. He is the talking point around the water cooler all season for Titans fans. Titans fans wanted him gone. It was going to be an enormous indictment from the fan base on Mike Vrabel if he didn't make the move to get rid of Todd Downing. But he got rid of him a couple days after the season ends. I is it time to rebuild this offense now this move has been made, or is this more of a complete remake of the offense and what the offense should be moving forward? Feels like more of a remake, but what they need to remake is the speed on offense. You know, they had more team speed in 2020 that Ryan Tannehill took advantage of with uh, receivers on the outside, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown. There were others in the mix there, uh, Raymond, but also at tight end, you know, Johnu Smith. And and other pieces out of the backfield, Chad. This is um, and hear me out here because I've, I've I've been contemplating how to frame this because it's not a, it, I guess it is kind of a gift, but I felt like what happened with Downing was always inevitable from the DUI on, and his uh, he was allowed to stay on as play caller as a gift to continue to get those checks. I don't know how the contract structure works for him, but he's. He's all but guaranteed as soon as the legal process plays out to be suspended for around a month. And that's the precedent. If you just look at coaches, general managers or or team owners, team owners, Ursay got six games, I believe. And a coach ran, uh, on average gets around four. And depending on the severity of the incident for conduct detrimental to the league, he's going to get suspended. So if that's the case, 
Well, I mean, you have to get Tim Kelly ready for that or any other offensive coordinator that's going to be doing that at any point next year. And I think that's inevitable. And the uh, his willingness to keep downing on through the end of the year was a, a soft serve. It was a, a gift in a way for an offense that wasn't going anywhere and a defense that was going to have to carry the team in the run game that was going to have to get going. I don't, I don't know if you buy into that at all, but uh, looking back on the situation, I think it was pretty obvious that Downing was getting canned. And you can tell that just based on the fact he's fired Monday afternoon on Black Monday following their their seventh straight loss in Jacksonville. And Hutton, uh, I want to talk just briefly about Josh Dobbs and his performance over these final two weeks and, and in this game. Unfortunate for him that I thought he did everything right of what they asked him to do really up until the fumble that that ended up costing them the game. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to say, you know, this uh, sports, they are a meritocracy, but it's difficult to say, okay, this guy has earned this spot. And, and no matter what happens in the offseason, he's going to have this spot. But I do feel like with Josh Dobbs, he's a good backup for this team. If you're looking for a, an improvement at backup quarterback, he's no starter in the NFL. But I feel like what he accomplished in those two games, giving the Titans a chance where Malik Willis wasn't going to make it happen, that he has earned the backup role for the Titans moving forward. What do you think about that? Because also we have to weigh the fact that you got a third-round pick that was a rookie this past year also on the roster. Do you cut bait this quickly and announce Dobbs as the, as the backup quarterback moving forward? How do you handle that situation with quarterback depth with this team? I mean, I bring Malik Willison. He's got a battle for a roster spot. Um, you probably treat Dobbs the same way, although Dobbs is going to beat him out. Right. I mean, we saw that within the first quarter of his first career start. So that's number one off the jump. I don't think you just cut bait with Malik Willis unless you can trade him. I don't think anyone's trading for him. And so I keep him around through camp and, you know, cut bait then as opposed to or compared to now, just out of the fact that, well, you don't want to develop him. I think you keep him around for an off season and see how he responds to Number one, the criticism, but also the coaching. You know, they've got to coach him up better. And they also have to play into his strengths. They drafted him for a reason, and it wasn't because he reads NFL defenses. So, yeah. you know. Um, so and that, I thought they did more of what they should have done with Malik Willis with Josh Dobbs at times. They could, yeah, they could run the offense that they wanted Willis to run, which, yeah. which was they wanted him to throw it, but they didn't trust him to throw it, but they didn't want him to run it all that much. You know, it was it was odd. Um yeah, Dobbs is the backup right now to Ryan Tannehill, Chad. But yeah, I, I, they're they're not going to announce that. Now, they can bring him back, and I think they will. And by doing that, they're telling us that that he's the backup. But he's he's earned that. I, I'm with you. You don't hear that a lot. He has earned that through 17 days on the roster while playing. There was a different level of belief, too, from his teammates, you could tell, oh, when yeah. he was in the game as opposed to, to Malik Willis, that there was a respect factor well, that I don't think was there with, with Willis. I was in the locker room um, for a couple of the, the Malik Willis games and then in the locker room after the Dallas Thursday night game. And it was a weird – there are no moral victories, but it was a weird sense of, okay, at least this guy gives us a chance nine days from now. They didn't know at the time. They thought it was 10, 10 days from now in Jacksonville. You know, like they, yeah, that, that vibe was not there with Malik Willis. They knew, they knew that if they were going to win, the defense is going to have to they hold the opposition to 13 to 16 points. And the defense is probably going to have to also score a touchdown. Todd Downing was public enemy number one. No doubt about that. Sometimes his game plans worked out, but Hutton, there were always big, big issues. One example I'll bring up from this past game against Jacksonville, first down play calling. I mean, it, I understand running it with Derrick Henry trying to get something going. You can run in different ways. There were a lot of just runs up the middle that were a throwaway play that puts you behind the sticks at second and nine, second and 10, almost every series that really hurt this team. And that was a constant issue with Todd Downing. I'm with you. And I also... I hate the way he telegraphed things. This goes back to third and McNichols for me. Just, you know, pulling my hair out on Outkick 360 over this, right? Just like, if I can see it, trust me, every coach can see it. Every fan sees it, too, if I'm noticing the trends. And even this year, when they had good game plans, you mentioned, like, there are some 
game plans that deserve praise. Chad, a couple of instances. Forcing plays. The, the, the end around to Malik Willis on the fumble against Indianapolis. That was a drive where Derrick Henry was cruising. You're going in to get a touchdown. And they forced that play in. They forced it because Willis was also in earlier in the game, and they called a timeout or something, and they brought him out. Uh, the forced play against uh, Jacksonville on the the lateral. What is that? That they was scored, weird. The, the, the Jags, Chad, scored 30 points off of turnovers in the two games this year against Jacksonville. And knowing that you're just trying to run it out and hold on, you call that play in that game? It's stupid. It was just mind-numbing. And even on the best game plan of his life in Green Bay, he gets home and drives drunk. I mean, it was just yeah. – that was Todd Downing in a nutshell. Even on the good days, there were things that made you want to punch a wall. There was a photo I noticed on social media over the weekend. It involved Jonathan Hutton in a tuxedo. It involved oh. another man in a tuxedo with strong Titans ties. I must ask about this photo – and the man in the photo with Jonathan Hutton when we come back. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, Hutt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless, from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
From Nashville to Knoxville. Vols news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We're back. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. With Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. Talking about Titans and Vols as we do every week on this podcast. Hutton, every week we're talking about Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, our presenting sponsor. And when I start thinking about sipping that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, I start thinking about the perfect barbecue restaurant to visit to have a little bit of a food chaser with that Tennessee whiskey. And you've got the spot for everyone. You can find Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey at Edley's Barbecue. And you can find Nashville-style barbecue there as well. Edley's has a neighborhood feel across the great state of Tennessee. They are a tribute to all things Southern. A, a, a They're authentic. Authentic to all things Tennessee. Their meat, smoked low and slow, made from scratch, side dishes, and they've got brisket all day. Edley's, they use the highest quality meats. They smoke their meats in-house daily. You can order online, edleysbbq.com, and they can cater. They can take care of the large party, the small office party, whatever you need in between. Grab and go for the weekend as well. Um, you can stock up with Edley's Barbecue and make so many different meals from home. All the locations you can find at edleysbbq.com. So, Hutton, we teased it coming into this segment. You are in a photo over the weekend in a tux with former Titans general manager John Robinson. Um, I guess the simple question is, how's how's he doing right now with, with everything that's gone on? He's doing okay. Um yeah, we had we had a good time. We that was Saturday night, and that was while the the game was going on. And I don't I don't speak for J Rob on this, but look, I I the one aspect I miss of what we were doing, Chad, is Titans Radio. You know, and knowing that the crew I was I was traveling with was down in Jacksonville calling that game. I didn't watch the I actually didn't watch the game until the next morning uh, because you and I had a post game show going on. Yep, and I uh, didn't get to to hear the Titans radio call either, and so we just uh, we had an event, and um, I invited John out with uh, some other friends of ours, Duke Turnbow, Shannon Terry, Kix Brooks. Um, yes, I've name dropped, and I wish I didn't. And, it's a good. Uh, hey, it's a, if you're gonna name drop, you might as well name drop that list. That's a good list was, to name drop. It was a great crew. We had a blast, and yeah, he's he's doing well. Um, and I'm not. I have no idea what he's going to do next, but he's you know still in the still in the area. And I can tell you this: everybody that was there in a crowd of about 300 loved the dude. And it was. Uh, I think it was also cool for him to get around some Titans fans that uh, said that same sentiment to him. Yeah, it's. Um, you know, I thought about it with with uh, you know the event you guys were at, and knew, knowing there was going to be a lot of Titans people around there, and I. I just think that's got to be kind of strange for John Robinson being such a vocal and visible part of the organization for so long. Yeah. And to have things come to an end that abruptly during the season and then to be out, you know, for the first time that I can, you know, remember seeing him out in public well, from that point on ha- had to be a little bit different. And, you know, I, I, you know, I chatted with him, but I haven't seen him in person since all that went down. And I, I still stand by what I said when the news came out that there's, there's nothing. You know, all the speculation, there's nothing that went down in terms of some of the things that were thrown out there that, uh, and by the way, they, some, they were allowed to speculate because of how it was handled. We've, we've chronicled that nothing that was thrown out there, uh, has any merit. You know, it's not like he and Vrabel got into some bash, some fight, uh, over uh, personnel or something in the middle of December. Right. So it's it was just a your roster's not good enough. It was exactly like Amy had in her statement. So, I mean, it, it, it's still bizarre to me. Um, if you're going to fire him, fire him now with Todd Downing. <laughs> right. But yeah. it's um, yeah, they, they've I think he's uh, he's in a good spot or as good as he can be with how things are going currently. And look, they may have continued losing. That they may have had a seven-game sure. losing streak, and then you fire him after the season, regardless. Sure, but we don't know what would have happened. We know yeah. what happened after they fired him. That they lost five more games. Yeah, if you're going to base it on results, allow the results to take place. Absolutely. So 
my point is I'm not saying John Robinson would have fixed anything with the team right? and they would have won games, but I know they didn't win games without him after making that move. So given the option of what the adverse effect could have been by keeping him, I think you take that. You take that mystery, what's behind door number three, mystery of what would have happened without him. So I I disagree with the move when it was made. Mm -hmm. Things continued to digress to the point that they lose out and lose those seven straight games, then yeah, you know, you got a decision to make after the season. But when it was done, to me, just made no sense. Todd Downing being fired made a lot of sense. Keith Carter being fired made a lot of sense. We saw three assistant coaches let go uh, this week, Hutton. What Titans players have we seen the last of in a Titans uniform? Let's start with Taylor Lewan. And I think that's a, a no-brainer, even though I continue to hear, oh, offer him some $5 million salary and see if he'll play. I mean, if you do that, you've got to uh, already plan for his replacement because Taylor, you know, his his durability is not close to what you can rely on for a season. He's had two now knee surgeries, two not knee surgeries, two uh, knee issues over the last three years. And I think he's also, mindset-wise, and I'm, you know, listening to Bussing with the Boys recently. I think mindset-wise, he's on to the next phase of his career, which is more media with Barstool and Bussing, which is more power to him. He does a great job with it. I don't think. I mean, why would Taylor Lewan come back for a five million dollar salary? Makes he doesn't sounds crazy. He doesn't need it, but he doesn't need it. And I think he's content doing what he's doing. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was motivated to play football with the enormous salary. Right. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's and, and that's not me knocking him. I just I don't see the desire. Well, he's questioning it last anymore. year. He was questioning whether or not the Titans are going to yeah. cut him last year. So why? I mean, it again. He he's number one because I think it's the most obvious. After that, Bud Dupree got to go. Robert Woods, non-factor, got to go. Zach Cunningham, wait. I mean, for that position and. The, the the lack of ability to stay on the field, let's start there, but also wasn't the player that um, needed to be or would have been relied on to be in, in key parts of this season by. I think those are three that come to mind immediately. Beyond that, there, there are interesting pieces that they have to make a decision on monetarily. But I think you I think we're going to see four of the five starters on the offensive line replaced or at least jumped um, where some guys could be backups, but they're certainly not starters. There's a lot of change coming to this group. Yeah. And the two biggest names to throw out if possible change at quarterback and running back, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, there's going to be a lot of speculation over the next five to six months about what the Titans should do, what they shouldn't do with those two guys. Hutton, where do you stand on what the future looks like? for Tannehill and Henry in two-tone blue. So with with Derek, yeah, if you're giving him the extension, because he's got a year left now, and then the way they've restructured it, and Eddie George told me uh, immediately whenever they restructured and gave him a $2 million bump this year up from 12 to 14, that it, in essence they turned that contract into a one-year contract. He's expendable now. And so if you're bringing him back, how long and for how much. And if you make the determination that he's got like a year left, then, you know, I don't know if Henry's back. I know that sounds crazy, but it it comes down to philosophy wise. Is it about the line or about the back at this version of the career? Now I would bring him back. I would also bring back Ryan Tannehill because I think they can be competitive with both while also trying to put young pieces around them. And with Tannehill, I, I know that's not a popular opinion. And I I just – I would say, you know, there are, what, 16 to 17 legitimate starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And the rest of them are prob- – not probably. They're backup quality that are starting right now. Marcus Mariota was one of them. You know, it, it, for instance, there are others throughout the league. Justin Fields, um, you know, top 10 pick. Not starting quality this season overall. Um, Zach Wilson, list goes on and on. Tannehill gives you a legit opportunity week in, week out 
And I would draft a quarterback to replace Malik Willis. I would not plan on him being a part of the roster. I would with Josh Dobbs. And Chad, I think a good example is uh, something I've brought up recently is just Hendon Hooker. I mean, I I don't think you have to spend a high draft pick on him uh, based on the injury, based on the age, probably. And he needs a redshirt year anyway. And I, I think the the timing is right for that type of development. Maybe Hendon Hooker's a career backup. That's totally fine because they're not high enough to go get one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft. And I'll also add, I wouldn't be trading draft capital because they have way too many holes to fill throughout this draft. They need to get it right with the new GM. And the only way that uh, you get up to C.J. Stroud or or Bryce Young is to basically trade your draft and trade other great pieces that can keep you competitive in the division. Speaking of the GM, in the most pivotal Titans offseason we've seen in quite some time, probably since 2016, the most pivotal part of this offseason – is the general manager hire? Who will be the next Titans general manager? We'll discuss when we return. It's a Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withro. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season! Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at Edley's bbq.com this is the tennessee power hour with jonathan hutton and chad withrow tennessee power hour titans post-mortem edition we'll talk some vols coming up here soon as well as their season come to a conclusion. College football season has come to a conclusion. We'll talk about that. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey across our radio network, on podcast. However, you are listening to this. We thank you. We appreciate you listening to Tennessee Power Hour each and every week. want to talk to you about Two Rivers Ford right now, another proud partner of Tennessee Power. I'm proud. We're proud that they want to partner with this podcast because They do business the right way, and they've got in-stock inventory back right now at Two Rivers Ford. Truckloads of vehicles they've been waiting for all year finally made it onto the lot. F-150s, Explorers, Edges, Escapes. Two Rivers Ford has them all in every color, every trim level, with every available option. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP, so you're always going to get a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month, starting at just 2.9%. I like to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. 
great people. You're going to be in great hands when you deal with them. So go online at tworiversford.com. Call them at 1-800-900-1000 or go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Juliet. But whatever you do, do it fast before that in-stock inventory is gone. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Hutton, the Titans are about to be powered by a new general manager. There's been names that's been floated out there already. Uh, This is obviously a huge piece of what's to come for the Titans, the biggest off-season decision to be made. What are your initial thoughts as this search gets underway? Well, um, Vrabel's going to be involved. He's not involved yet. Um, He's been kept in the loop on what they're looking for and the type of guy that they're looking for, Chad. Um, he, He said as much in the final presser. I'll say this. I think they probably already have their guy in mind. Why? I mean, if they don't, what have you been doing for the last month? I mean, what purpose did it serve to fire Robinson if you haven't already identified not just who you want to talk to, because you can do that now, like everyone else, or um, you get your guy in place and have someone that was a GM, for instance, and have someone on the maybe not even the back burner, the front burner, while you continue to do your search to see if there's anyone better now that you can chat with them. So let me start with who's in the room doing these interviews that will take place starting this week officially. Okay. Officially. Uh, Amy Adams Trunk and Kenneth Adams are in the room. No brainer. Burke Nihill, president and CEO, in the room, of course. Uh, the senior uh, vice president, Adolfo Birch, who uh, great ties to the Nashville area, of course, we all know that, but also great ties to the NFL office. He's there. Um, Dan Worley, who's their chief of staff and general counsel, and at some point, Vrabel's in there, too, when they, I think, finalize their favorite core group. So the guys who have been reported, Ryan So Cowden, Burke Nihill and Dan Worley are kind of the combination of what Steve Underwood did before, right? Because he was well, both Burke, hats. Burke was, Burke was basically Dan Worley for Steve Underwood. Yes. He, he was general counsel. Okay. Um, and traveled with the team and all that. And more or less, he was the guy in waiting under Steve Underwood whenever Steve came back out of retirement and then retired again. Um, that's when Burke basically joined the team. And Dan Worley has has been there uh, in that same type of capacity working with Burke. Uh, but, yes, both lawyer backgrounds, to your point, same as Steve. Um, so, of course, we know about Ryan Cowden, right? Uh, vice president of player personnel, interim general manager, whenever they fired Robinson. The director of player personnel, Monty Ossenfort. He's received about as many interviews uh, across the league as, as Cowden has. And uh, over the past years, I'm saying, he's he's there too. And after that, the the guys who have been reported as you and I sit here taping this, there are four assistant general managers across the league where the Titans have asked for um, permission to speak with three of the four are our assistant GM. So Adam Peters in San Francisco, Glenn Cook in Cleveland and Ian Cunningham for the Chicago bears. Those are the three that they've asked to speak with. What we don't know, are there other GMs that are going to get booted um, other than Robinson and Steve Kahn? At, at, at some point over the next few days as you and I take this. And I would say um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out former general managers who live in Nashville now. Mark Dominic and Jerry Reese live here. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear their names pop up at some point when people figure that out. Yeah, and if I'm just looking at just spitballing, just organizations – uh, that I'd be interested in talking to someone from those organizations. 49ers, yeah. one of them. Uh, Steelers, Ravens. Well, keep Men- in mind, keep in mind in, in Chicago, that crew is basically Kansas City. Yep. Kansas City would be another one. Uh, and again, you know, that's not knowing the assistant to the assistant general manager and the right. front office workings of all these teams. Those are, if I'm trying to look for a model, 49ers would be one of the ones at the top of the list. But there are the teams that you know have an identity that look like they're built for long-term success. I'm going after people within those organizations. And I think there'll be a, a wild card 
name too. I mean, I there I, to me there has to be a why. Why else do you jump into the the, the mix December the sixth? That's you know the, to me it's yeah. a common sense would tell you they have someone they wanted to go ahead and start start lobbying to at least consider the position. A question that was raised in Monday's press conference with Mike Vrabel is how much power he's going to hold with the general manager, with the organization. There's a lot of talk about collaboration, right? That's that's a, that's a the buzzword with Amy Adams Strunk and everything she said, with statements that have been released, with what Mike Vrabel said, just a lot of cooperation and collaboration with whoever the GM is. Hutton, when you hear that, what does that make you think? That it's the same type of structure that they had with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. And I don't think that Robinson and Vrabel got along on every personnel decision. But I think by and large... Which no one does. No, no. You're never going to be in 100% agreement. You're going to have some pretty bitter disagreements on certain decisions too, I'm sure. But I, I, I think by and large, their philosophy and identity of what they wanted the roster to look like matched. Um, same vibe, same tone. And, you know, it, I don't think Vrabel wants to restructure the identity of smart, tough, physical. I mean, we can list all that, but it, uh, up, up front, offensive line, bully ball type, where you're going to run the football. He, he reiterated that over the last three years. It's important to run the football. He wholeheartedly believes in that. So I don't think that changes. Now, I think he looks around the roster and he admitted this. He's like, hey, uh, it's it's rare when the Tennessee Titans have the fastest team on the field on any given week. So I think they do have to consider adding that speed demon deep threat guy. And not just at wide receiver. I mean, there are plenty of positions where they need more speed. But by and large, I, I don't know if the structure changes all that much. I will say, I think I think they do want a a personnel guy as their general manager and not some guy that's just overseeing what Vrabel's doing as the personnel manager. I don't, I don't think Vrabel walked in and demanded John Robinson get booted. And I, I don't think that he wants complete and total control like you would see with Bill Belichick. Um, that, that potentially comes in the next big raise he could receive if he's tempted to leave for Ohio state or any other job that's out there with an executive vice president role, which I've, you know, it, that's the same thing that they gave Jeff Fisher right before he left. But I, that's not now. And if they did that, then they're straight up lying in the presser or the comments made where he said he didn't want, he didn't demand, he didn't want total control. And then he actually gets it. Well, that doesn't look great on what you were telling everyone back in December. So I don't, I don't think that's coming. I think the gen, the, the general manager will have the same type of role that Robinson had, and they unless it's uh, again unless there's a wild card, I don't think someone comes in as executive vice president. There was some debate amongst Titans fans last week. Do you want the team to win? Do you want the team to lose? I think it's ridiculous. If you got a chance yeah. to go to the playoffs, you want to win going into the game. But hindsight is twenty twenty, Hutton. When you look back, what's the biggest reason why last week's loss matters more than winning? Because you had the opportunity as an organization to stunt the growth of Trevor Lawrence in any way possible by not allowing him to have his first game of playoff experience. You had made you, you could have made him wait another year where the questions continue to go. Is this guy going to get this team to the playoff? And instead, at worst, he gets his first playoff game under his belt on a winning streak, playing very good for the most part over the final two months of the season. And you see him on an upswing while the Titans are in a downswing. So... That's the worst case of what happened, even if you feel like the Titans weren't doing anything this weekend in wildcard weekend. It's a bummer that Urban Meyer's not there to stunt his growth <laughs> anymore. So the Titans had a chance to stunt it. But Urban Meyer did a heck of a job in that for one year, but that's not going to stop him this season under Doug Peterson and now with a playoff game upcoming as well. The college football playoff is over. The college football season is over. But college football transfer portal recruiting, Never ends. The offseason begins now. We're going to talk some Tennessee Vols. Huge week in the transfer portal for ingress, not egress, ingress for the Vols. We'll discuss when we come back. It's Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the hockey tonks to rocky top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. 
Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbriarDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Season. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The college football season officially complete, but we're not done talking Tennessee balls football on the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Glad you're with us as we are powered by Outkick. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton, switching gears and talking balls football for the final segment of today's program. And Chad, um, we always, when we talk Tennessee balls, we want to also speak about our great friends at Regal Realty Group. Absolutely. Hunter Briley, Richard Van Clive, two great dudes. Known them both for years. Known Richard since uh, high school, in fact. I uh, went to high school with Richard Van Clive. This is the feeling you get with these guys. Feels like you went to high school with them. When you meet them, they're going to help you out with whatever your real estate needs may be. Pumped to have them on board the Tennessee Power Hour. These guys and their agents at Regal Realty Group, good people. They're going to make the process easy on you. We all want good people in our network. If you're looking to buy or sell your home, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hit them up at RegalRG.com. Again, that website, RegalRG.com. Chad, a a fantastic season as we put a bow on what Josh Heupel and company did. Final standings, fifth in the coaches poll in the nation, sixth in the AP, and Tennessee's the leader in three major offensive categories for 2022. Still think it's ridiculous that they're ranked behind Alabama in either poll, uh, but whatever. I mean, you know, they were talking about the difference between fourth and fifth or fifth, and it, it doesn't really matter. Bottom line is what you said, Hutton. Great season for Josh Heupel. And Tennessee did something they've never done as a football program. They finished with the nation's number one scoring offense at 46.1 points per game. Total offense, 525 yards per game for this Tennessee offense. And passing efficiency, 181.39. Something people probably don't realize is they're efficient even throwing the ball deep the way they do. They had the most efficient passing offense in America. Uh, First time as a program to finish first in all three. That's a great sign. I'll, I'll also say, you know, this is the the negative Nelly coming out a little bit. You're number one in all three of those categories, and you're not in the college football playoff. When are you going to be there when you're playing Georgia and Alabama every year, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of pessimistic outlook in terms of actually getting over the threshold and winning a national title. 
that if not then, if not this year, controlling all three of those categories, when is it going to happen? I think my response to that is something we're going to talk about in this segment. It's the defense improving. You know, that they they lost a chance at competing for a national championship because their defense couldn't get a stop against South Carolina in one game. They were pretty good the rest of the way. They were much improved from a year ago, but for whatever reason, they lost them a chance at a championship in November on the road at South Carolina because they couldn't get a stop. If that improves, you don't have to be number one in America in all those categories. You need to be top five, top ten, which I think Tennessee, even with Joe Milton, has a chance to be next season. If that's the case, it's going to give you a chance to compete for championships year in, year out. Yeah, and I mean, also, put that offense in a 12-team playoff and kneeling hosting a game. You know, that that's the other thing, too, is that this team's going to the college football playoff for years to come. Question is, can they get there next year with those same offensive stats, right? That that's that's the intriguing part is can they improve enough on defense? And Chad, the transfer portal for championship Monday was excellent for Tennessee. Yeah. And one thing on that point about the playoff for the 12 team playoff, get into that 12 team playoff. And if Tennessee can play to their identity, they have a way of freaking opposing coaches out. Yeah. So if you get in a one-and-done playoff format against another team that you may be the lower seed, that team may have had a much better year than yours. They may have more talent Different when you're conference. playing in that playoff. Yeah. We saw it with Dabo Sweeney in the bowl game, you know, faking the field goal mm-hmm. uncharacteristically because you get in your head, oh, we got to score touchdowns. We got to score touchdowns because Tennessee is going to play so fast and score so much that we got to keep up. I-, I think it's a very tough – it's like a, the NCAA tournament team that does something totally different that goes on a run, it's a tough preparation for the Vols uh, in a playoff scenario. So, But the you know number one step is getting in there. They would have been in there in a 12-team playoff this year. Uh, so that's where you got to stay around that 12-team level. Transfer portal. On Monday this week, on National Championship Monday, Tennessee got three big additions. I'm going to start with Dante Thornton, a 6'5", 185-pound receiver. He's originally from Baltimore, played a couple years at Oregon, this is a big play threat for Tennessee. I, I look at him in kind of the Javante Payton role when he came in from Mississippi State, who was really good for Tennessee and made some big plays and even against some big competition. That's this type of player. He's streaky. He is a fast guy. He's a blow-the-top-off-the-defense type player. Nice addition for Tennessee. Picked, picked Tennessee over Miami in the transfer portal. Speaking of Miami, John Campbell – is a 6'6", 335-pound right tackle. Now, I say right tackle. He played mostly left tackle at Miami. He chose Tennessee over Florida and FSU, which is really nice to get that win over Florida if you're Tennessee in the portal. Veteran guy. Um, he's going to come in, and I believe will start at right tackle for Tennessee, if I had to guess right now. I think you still have Mincy and Crawford that will battle it out at left tackle. But maybe he's their their best option there. He started all the season at left tackle for Miami. But regardless, a guy who can swing to either tackle spot for Tennessee, that's a veteran, that's huge, and a huge guy for Tennessee. And finally, Omar Norman Lott, another guy in the trenches, big guy, 6'3", 295, says he wants to model his game off of Geno Atkins and Aaron Donald. That's awfully ambitious to throw those names out there. That's a nice goal. He is that type of player in terms of quick twitch ability as an interior defensive lineman. Here's why I have faith in Omar Norman Lott. He played three years, or he played, excuse me, played two years at Arizona State. He's now got three years to play two at Tennessee. 45 tackles, four sacks while he was at Arizona State as a defensive tackle. I have faith because Rodney Garner, Tennessee's defensive line coach, loves the guy. Went after him a year ago. He actually went to the portal last year, decided to take his name out of the portal, Rodney Garner recruited him hard while he was in the portal a year ago. And now a year later, now officially leaving Arizona State, and Tennessee lands him. So that's another impressive get in the portal. None of these guys are you know, game changers for your program, but what they are, they're depth pieces that may start, especially I think with a guy like John Campbell, that could be the difference between winning 10 games and winning eight games a year from now, which that's a big difference in college football and, and in the SEC, as we all know. And just rapid fire, Chad, the uh, the other difference between eight and 10 wins, big offseason for three players not named Joe Milton. 
Absolutely. I, I'm going to go quickly through this. Aaron Beasley had the big game in the Orange Bowl. I think he needs to step up and be a leader on this defense. He's a quiet guy, but he needs to take a more vocal role. He's got the talent, the speed, the ability to be a big-time playmaker at linebacker for Tennessee. Another one is a guy who flirted with putting his name in the transfer portal, but eventually didn't do it. Jalen Wright. I think Jalen Wright's the best running back on this team. I think he showed it throughout the back half of the season. He's got big playability. He's going to have an off-season surgery. So coming back from that, uh, Jabari Small is going to have another off-season surgery also. For both those guys, it's big, but I'm I'm circling Jalen Wright as a guy that if he can clear up some of his fumble issues, yeah, he's the best playmaker for Tennessee and should be the primary ball carrier at running back. And finally, and this is the non-Joe Milton category of the three biggest names to watch this offseason for improvement, it's Nico Iamaleava. It's a big offseason for him. He's going to be around the team in Knoxville. He can start to form a leadership role with the younger guys on that roster. I'm not talking about some team divided or anything, but he's probably not going to come in and immediately be the leader of all the juniors and seniors with Joe Milton there. But you can cultivate that relationship with the younger guys. And Hutton, he's going to play. I mean, he's going to play regardless. Yeah. He's going to get in a mop-up time. He's going to have to come in for an injured Joe Milton. He may have to come in for a bench Joe Milton at some point. So it's important this offseason for him to improve and learn the system inside and out. Chad, let's switch gears. Let's go to the hardwood for another solid team, solid offense. The Tennessee Vols with Rick Barnes playing at an ex- extremely high rate offensively. You and I were talking uh, over the weekend, early this week. Is it sustainable what you're seeing from Tennessee as they play well right now? So the winning, I think, is sustainable for this Tennessee team. I think they're really, really good. I don't think the offense they've had against Mississippi State and South Carolina is overly sustainable. You're not going to shoot 68% in league play that often. Now, Tennessee is is what they were last year and even the year before. They're a team that if they're hitting from the outside, because teams, the way they play them, they're going to give up open looks from three. That's kind of what you want Tennessee to be doing is taking threes. If they're hitting, they're virtually unstoppable, and we saw that in these two games. They won two SEC games back-to-back by a combined – 78 points. You're going to be hard-pressed to find that in the history of SEC basketball where you win two league games by 35 and 43 on the road. And it they wasn't won Mandy. by 43 on the road. By the way, inexcusable to South Carolina. I don't care what shape your program's in. Can't lose by 40-plus at home. That, that should not happen. But regardless, I don't think that offense is sustainable. But Tennessee's defense is definitely sustainable. They may be the best defensive team in all of college basketball. That's going to give them a shot even when they're not hitting shots. So for that, I think the winning is sustainable, but Tennessee's not going to hit from three like that most nights. More hoops coverage coming up. Also sustainable, Chad, the Tennessee Power Hour. Thanks to our great partners, Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey, Two Rivers Ford, Regal Realty Group, and Edley's Barbecue. We are back at it next week. In the meantime, you can check us out, Outkick360 on social, and hit outkick.com for the very latest in sports coverage where you can find Withrow and myself. Have a great week. We are back at it next week for the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey.